It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. Welcome to the weekly installment of the Bad News Broadcast, commercial-free and non-political. Horrible headlines coming, the kind that few want to hear. Stay tuned. If you're willing to face the oncoming train, head on. And always remember, biosphere collapse trumps all else, rendering all other causes and concerns moot points. How many stop to wonder what happened to all the spectacular nature documentaries from decades past? The ones that revealed an unimaginable abundance in the natural world that now no longer is, and without which we all perish. The powers that be don't want populations seeing or remembering what once was. This includes our formerly deep blue skies that are now no more. Welcome to climate-engineered Earth. Let's start with this, a furthering demonization of any that dare to question official narratives, a.k.a. criminal deception. New from ScienceAlert.com, quote, a desire for chaos fuels the human obsession with conspiracy theories, end quote. The report continues, a desire to disrupt the established political system is a strong motivator for sharing, quote, conspiracy theories New research suggests, they continue, researchers even have a term for this hunger for sabotage, quote, a need for chaos, their terms, not mine. Some of these beliefs can become dangerous, they say. They continue, researchers posed questions to probe if the respondents were more likely to share conspiracy theories because they believe them or to sound the alarm. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yes, that's exactly what we were trying to do. Or, sciencealert.com asks, due to a need for chaos. The new data doesn't support the hypothesis that promoters of conspiracy theories are, quote, sounding the alarm, they say. Again, their words, not mine. Instead, the sciencealert.com article states, a need for chaos was a stronger indicator of whether or not the volunteers believed they were willing to spread a, quote, conspiracy theory. Stop for a moment to deeply ponder the depth of the power structure propaganda I just covered, that those who are desperately trying to sound the alarm about the countless and increasingly naked controller crimes from the clouds to the ground are Again, according to the so-called scientist, just acting out of a need for chaos? If the power structure's pushing of this kind of conclusion doesn't scare the hell out of you, it should. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must, reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data, geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. Let's take a leap into the bad news abyss from archive.ph. From the Rothschilds, colon, 
The World Ahead, United States 2024, Extreme Heat Will Bake America's Cities. Here's the caveat. There'll be some chemical flash freezes on the way to that baking just described. From the Washington Post, virtually the entire lower 48 is about to experience extreme weather. They continue with this report. U.S. weather is about to go crazy from tornadoes to blizzards to massive waves. The Post then says, for almost everyone in the contiguous United States to see wild weather in the same week is pretty extraordinary, and it's about to happen. In that breaking headline from the Washington Post, they left out chemically induced snowstorms and the freak flash freezes that result from them. And all of this after the hottest six months in recorded history on a global scale, and likely based on paleo data for as long as 125,000 years. Again, if the paleo data is correct. The Washington Post report continues with this. Multiple large storm systems will be slicing across the country. Air masses will wage war, whipping up possible tornadoes and blizzards. Monster waves will batter the California coastline again, while up to feet of snow and hurricane-force winds will plaster summits in the Sierra Nevada. The meteorological mayhem, they say, will culminate in a possible cold air outbreak in a little more than a week that could send temperatures plummeting across much of North America. Yes, Matrix Media knows they are informing us of the coming scheduled weather. The doubling down of the climate intervention onslaught exactly as was decided behind closed doors at the recent total farce climate conference known as COP28 led by an Arab oil industry executive. Exactly how deep can the conflicts of interests get and no one says anything? Business as usual. And that's exactly what climate intervention operations are about. Masking the totality of damage already done to the planetary life support system to keep business as usual, to keep those in power in power until the last possible moment. From the clouds to the ground, the controller engineered conflicts, chaos and carnage are raging. They are running out of options, and they know it. And all the while, the vast majority continue to be distracted and divided by the completely scripted political circus of the absurd. Will fomenting global conflict be among the power structure's final acts of total desperation? We'll soon enough find out. Their inner circles are already openly discussing what they see as a benefit of nuclear war, which, in their eyes, would cool down the planet. Never mind that it would also kill us all in the process and the entire web of life with us. Populations are not only expendable to the manipulators of the matrix, but are in fact a rapidly increasing liability to them, as recent and ongoing events make shockingly clear, though far too many continue to turn two blind eyes to any and all of the atrocities. Their priority, maintaining their standing as a conforming member of the herd. The Western Empire and its core controlling ally, which has long since been the tail wagging the dog. The centuries-long saga, clearing lands of unwanted inhabitants to extract their resources or capitalize on beachfront real estate, at least until total collapse, which isn't just coming. It's already kicking in the front door. Anyway, how dare foreign countries and their indigenous inhabitants have the empire's resources under their lands? 
That's the beyond criminal hypocrisy from far too many of the empire's population that in the end don't really care where the flow of oil comes from so long as their personal paradigm party continues unhindered. This is what the term U.S. interests means. This is what Make America Great Again is all about. Over 800 U.S. bases all over the world in everyone else's country or on their border. And where the U.S. military juggernaut isn't actually doing the invading and creating the chaos and carnage, they supply the weapons and money for their controlling ally to do exactly the same. And since so many Americans have been so well trained to think dichotomously, aka black and white, in the words of George Bush Jr., you're either with us or you're with the terrorists, which essentially is exactly the same thing, isn't it? With that thought in mind, how many have seen the devastation from the latest earthquake in Japan? And coincidentally, prior to the earthquake, there was some indication of Japan having an interest in allying with the BRIC nations, its closest regional partners. The empire can't tolerate that kind of insubordination, can it? Hasn't Japan learned their lesson yet? Isn't it interesting that in late 2010 and early 2011, Japan was also indicating an interest in closer ties with its regional neighbors. But after the devastating 2011 earthquake in Japan, the Asian nation was again firmly in the Western Empire corral. The lessons of Hiroshima and Nagasaki also still on the radar. And there was also that very coincidental catastrophic earthquake in Turkey. In fact, a swarm of earthquakes days after Turkey was exhibiting signs of uncooperativeness. There were other parallel previous examples, Pakistan, Afghanistan, New Zealand, Haiti, further back Chile. Who can say how long the list actually is? Anyway, it's all just random and very coincidental acts of nature, right? Just for the record, tectonic frequency weapons exist. All available science makes this absolutely clear, but the controllers would never use such weapons on innocent civilian populations, would they? If the answer to that question isn't yet self-evident, nothing more for me to say. Because of all the ongoing societal programming, I must always follow just criticism of the Western hegemonic empire with the clear acknowledgement that my criticism doesn't mean I endorse any other country or government or what they are doing. The very word government is synonymous with state-sponsored crime and terrorism. All of them. It's simply a matter of scale and who's the biggest. If we collectively continue on the current course, we will all soon pay the price on countless fronts. U.S. Climate Outlook for January 2024. The first month of meteorological winter is officially in the books and most folks across the United States are still waiting for winter to arrive. Are those my words? No. That was a direct quote just posted on the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration Climate.gov website. The subtitle on their site says, quote, Science and Information for a Climate Smart Nation, end quote. Question, is this Climate.gov NOAA site, National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, referring to the kind of so-called science that pretends climate engineering isn't raging in our skies day in and day out? Are we to believe that the NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and the National Weather Service 
are going to tell us the truth about anything? The so-called useless feeders, as we were called by the late Henry Kissinger? NOAA and the NWS both have illegal federal gag orders on their agency's operations. If you think that they're going to ever admit to climate engineering operations, think again. And then there is the rest of the so-called climate science and meteorological community, the self-censoring cowards that are all too willing to adhere to whatever narrative they are given by the controllers of the matrix media, going to extreme lengths to cover the tracks of the climate engineers, watching the paid disinformation clowns at the Weather Channel would be comical if it wasn't so tragic and criminal. Of course climate engineering is raging in our skies, a fact that all but the clinically blind can see. How many even now are trying to tell themselves that they can't really be seeing what they're seeing because the criminal cabal masquerading as the U.S. government would never deploy highly destructive climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare, without asking their permission first, or at least without telling them, right? Weather warfare has been a matter of historical record for over 75 years, and the vast majority, including the so-called science community, continues to double down on denial. The just-posted NOAA climate.gov report continues by stating that the general lack of winter so far in the U.S. is, quote, consistent with the winter outlook issued by the NOAA's Climate Prediction Center, that's the CPC, on October 19, 2023 which favored above-average temperatures over the northern half of the nation and with no parts of the country favored to experience a colder-than-average winter. But the script can be changed, can't it? And indeed it has. On December 31st, the CPC, again that's the Climate Prediction Center, released its updated monthly climate outlooks for temperature, precipitation, and drought across the United States for January 2024. The temperature outlook favors well above normal temperatures across the Northeast and around the Great Lakes and well below average temperatures in the Southwest. So what is currently scheduled? Record warmth in the Northeast for the coming week and record-shattering cold in the U.S. Southwest. Engineered winter weather and chemical cloud seeding so-called snowstorms complete with theatrical names to further sensationalize the climate engineering creations. The most recent and current being so-called winter storm Ember and coming after it will be winter storm Finn. These are the latest manipulated weather scenarios of the climate engineers. The weathermakers are desperate to put an end to the nearly two-year-long snow drought in portions of the U.S. Northeast. Headlines of consistent warmth and no snow can start to cause concerns even amongst the ranks of the couldn't-care-less-about-the-environment crowd. If the climate engineers can pull off a short shot of off-and-on chemically-nucleated frozen material for snow drought zones like New York, Matrix Media will certainly hype up the event. The next scheduled major surface flash freeze zone is again the southwestern U.S. The coming chemical cool-down bullseye for places like Arizona that baked all summer in relentless record-shattering heat now currently scheduled for record cold, while parts of eastern Canada remain warm and dry, with southern Greenland hurtling toward another round of record high temperatures for this time of year. Anyone remember when two years ago 
Texas got hit hard with completely engineered winter weather mayhem fueled by moisture straight out of the record warm Gulf of Mexico, temperatures below zero in the Lone Star State, while at the same exact time it was 33 degrees warmer at the North Pole. Yes, in that window of time, the North Pole was above freezing while Texas was below zero. And at approximately the same latitude in Florida, it was 85 degrees. Does any of this sound normal or natural? It shouldn't, because it isn't. In my Northern California wilderness location, the first frosts and freezes historically took place in October. This year, so far, nothing. Not one frost in my location, not one freeze. And no one questions anything. And now we're being told an unprecedented surface freeze is coming for the entire western U.S. Almost half the U.S., in fact, as of late this week. That's what's scheduled. If the weather makers can pull it off, that is. And all of this, while eastern Canada and even, again, southern Greenland remain warm, relatively speaking, and in many regions, snowless. Let's add this from the Washington Post. Extreme cold grips Nordic countries and Russia as floods hit Western Europe. Both conditions go together. The climate engineers need extensive moisture for chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. Much of the available moisture can be consumed by the chemical nucleation endothermic reaction, aka energy absorbing reaction. Extreme surface cold is the end result. Welcome to the world of engineered winter weather whack-a-mole. Winter weather whiplash scenarios that are now the norm. If a shallow layer of surface cold can be maintained over the baked and burned southwest during the coming week, much of the population will forget all about the summer from hell that they just endured and will go about their personal pursuit of entertainment and pleasure without a second thought. And unfortunately, far too many have been successfully conditioned and programmed to do exactly that. A side note of public pacification, the weather makers have temporarily calmed fears of empty western reservoirs like Lake Mead by allowing additional precipitation to fall in the region over the last year. Didn't make much of a difference, but enough to take it off the radar for many. And how long will this last? We'll see. For the moment, there are no matrix media mentions of the looming water shortage catastrophes in the southwestern U.S. Back to engineered winter weather mayhem. Various forms of chemically frozen material falling from heavily seeded cloud cover, often beginning at temperatures far above the freezing point, even at times beginning at 40 degrees Fahrenheit or more. Have the laws of physics changed? Has the freezing threshold magically been raised by nature? Obviously not. But cloud and precipitation composition has changed drastically. Climate engineering is core to the equation. Flash surface freezing of large targeted regions, urban and agricultural, constant extreme hail, unprecedented ice storms, all are inseparable from climate engineering operations. As the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding process continues, ground temperatures can drop precipitously. A shallow surface layer of cold is created. Cold air is dense. It settles to the surface and stays. Think of the open-topped freezers in your market. Though the entire store is heated, all stays frozen in the freezer trough. And about chemical cloud seeding, think of your first aid kit with a chemical cold pack in it. It can sit on a shelf at room temperature for decades, but as soon as you mix the chemicals, 
instant ice. Same process on an unimaginably extreme scale. And about the spraying itself, I'm not asking anyone to believe any information that I'm trying so desperately to sound the alarm about. I'm asking all to consider what you can see with your own eyes. Go to the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and view our recent post titled Manufacturing Winter Blizzard. It's under the recent column, a three-minute satellite video capture of grid pattern geoengineering jet spraying into cloud canopies over North America. For all those that shake their head without a moment's honest investigation, please summon the courage to search Chinese scientists create artificial snowstorm. You'll find coverage from major media sources, including Popular Science, Scientific American, CNN, The New York Times, Fox News, Reuters, Business Insider, The UK Guardian, the list goes on. Yet, when the subject of engineering winter weather mayhem is brought up in most circles, here in the Make America Great Again United States of willful ignorance on all sides of the orchestrated political divide, the CIA coined quote, conspiracy theory term is immediately belched out by the willfully clueless. The entire so-called climate science community is and has been clamoring about the need to immediately deploy geoengineering jet aircraft to spray our skies full of nanoparticle filth in order to blot out the sun, and thus, they tell us, to slow the planetary meltdown. And there they are, above our heads, Almost every single day, jet-spewed filth emitting from retrofit nozzles mounted on wing pylons and aimed directly into the exhaust jet stream to fortify the lie that we're only seeing, quote, contrails, which they are not. This isn't my opinion. It's up-close photograph and film footage proven fact. Jet-sprayed aerosol dispersions blotting out the sun and completely derailing global precipitation patterns, including the chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding engineering winter events already described. Please search and view the jet spraying section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. If you don't believe what you see with your own eyes, nothing else will matter. You will have reached a conclusion by ignoring film footage fact. Please don't do that. Alarmingly, the vast majority don't want to be bothered with frightening facts. Holidays, completely scripted political theater, and carnival Caribbean cruises till the brutal bitter end. Total collapse. Not just economical and societal, but also ecological, a.k.a. the planet's life support systems. Collapse is coming at blinding speed. Don't believe it? Doesn't matter. You will. Soon. Wait and see. With all the heavily sensationalized, engineered winter weather from warmth scenarios that Matrix Media is trumpeting, what don't most hear anything about? As of the beginning of 2024, California snowpack has started the year at record low levels, only one-fourth of average. That's according to NPR. What happened to last winter's super sensationalized so-called snowpocalypse? The destructive parade of targeted winter weather creations from the climate engineers, that was far more hype and photo ops for Matrix Media than actual help for a dying state with dying forests and farmlands. 
chemically nucleated frozen material is sold to the public as being naturally nucleated snow, the kind that nature once created in abundance for free. But the chemically nucleated frozen material has very different characteristics than the real thing. Chemically nucleated frozen material now comes in many varieties. Styrofoam-like balls, it all depends on atmospheric conditions and the seating mix they're utilizing. But the styrofoam-like balls, massive hail, rice grain-like shapes, large cotton ball-looking tufts, sleet, so-called grapple, and constant freezing rain in the transition zones between flows of above-freezing atmospheric moisture and the regions where enough chemical ice nucleation has been carried out to create various falling frozen forms. Chemically nucleated snow takes longer to melt, typically, even at above freezing temperatures, even in the sun. And when it does melt, sublimation is generally a part of the process. Translation, much of the so-called snow goes directly from a solid to a gas. There is less runoff. Dry ice is the extreme example of chemically frozen material. No runoff, no moisture, total sublimation, converting directly from a solid to a gas. The climate engineering cover-up actors, known as meteorologists, now tell us that there are warm sides of so-called winter storms. And again, on the backside of what are now called winter storms, where the constant chemical seeding of rotating weather systems has finally created some frozen material, again, often beginning to fall at far above freezing temperatures, and presto, a winter storm is born, in spite of the unfolding and accelerating planetary meltdown, which, for the record, is being further accelerated overall by the short-term toxic surface flash freeze completely engineered cooldowns. A footnote to consider, the weather makers are increasingly utilizing atmospheric pressure zones to increase surface wind speeds, which augment the effectiveness of chemical ice nucleation elements. Please search and review the entire engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn what most would rather not know. The data and images are shocking. Please investigate, and once you have, make your voice heard. In this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm on the ongoing atrocities taking place in our skies, not only weather warfare, but it must also be considered, at minimum, a form of biological warfare due to the plethora of toxic elements used in these operations, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, surfactants, graphene, and polymer fibers, aka microplastics. With that in mind, yet more bad news on the subject of microplastics, which are a core component named in climate engineering patents. They're in everything, our air, our water, our soils, and thus our food, including organic. Here's the headline. Consumer Reports finds widespread presence of plastics in food. The report states, Consumer Reports has found that plastics retain a widespread presence in food despite the health risks and called on regulators to reassess the safety of plastics that come into contact with food during production. The nonprofit consumer group said 84 out of 85 supermarket foods and fast foods it recently tested contained, quote, plasticizers known as phthalates, which is a chemical used to make plastic more durable. Phthalates and biosphenols can disrupt the production and regulation of estrogen and other hormones, potentially boosting the risk of birth defects, cancer, diabetes, infertility, neurodevelopmental disorders, obesity, and other health problems. 
Among tested supermarket foods, Annie's Organic Cheesy Ravioli contained the most phthalates in nanograms per serving, 53,579, followed by Del Monte sliced peaches and chicken of the sea pink salmon. Elevated phthalate levels were also found in products such as Cheerios, Gerber baby food, and Yoplait yogurt, and several burgers, nuggets, and fries from Wendy's, Burger King, and McDonald's. Consumer reports also found variations among similar products. Wendy's crispy chicken nuggets, for example, was more than four times the level in McDonald's chicken McNuggets. More of a bad thing, getting worse every day. These are just a few examples. There are many, many more, countless, bottom line. Any and all contamination that's in our precipitation, our rain, or so-called snow, is in everything else, everything we eat and drink, along with every breath we take. Now let's rewind to this past report from phys.org. Microplastics are affecting melt rates of snow and ice. Mentioned this earlier, let's go a little deeper into detail. The report states microplastics have reached the farthest corners of the earth. They then ask, how do microplastics find their way in and onto snow to begin with? Question mark. They continue, most often microplastics end up in snow via airborne deposition. Microplastics tend to be lighter than dust particles and become airborne more easily. These particles, due to their shape, can remain airborne and gain enough altitude to circulate with large-scale weather. Think climate engineering patents, polymer fibers named, geoengineering jet dispersions into large-scale weather systems. The science report continues with this. Snow and ice melts, and as it does, those particles are transported through a variety of ecosystems, contaminating riparian habitat, estuarian, and eventually marine. As they reach these ecosystems, whether through snow melt or otherwise, microplastics pick up chemical contaminants and can disturb many forms of life. Animals can ingest them, not can, do, of course, harming not only themselves, but also humans who eat them. Smaller invertebrates will consume microplastics, then be consumed by fish, and the plastic makes its way up the food chain until it arrives on the dinner plate. So, are all the chemical and polymer fiber-seeded winter weather events actually cooling the planet overall, or in any way helping out the rapidly dying web of life? No is the answer on both questions. New from theconversation.com. Climate change. If warming approaches 2 degrees C, a trickle of extinctions will become a flood. The report says climate change could cause populations of species and the ecosystems they form to collapse abruptly. Given the rapid pace of climate change, it is likely to exceed the capacity of most species to adapt. The report continues, results indicate that there is no safe level of warming for Earth's biodiversity. Two degrees C is not a safe limit. So where does that put us? Given the fact that unfiltered temperature data indicates that we are actually already past 3.5 degrees of warming above the pre-industrial baseline, 3.5 degrees C. How inarguable and obvious should it be that the paradigm of perpetual growth on a finite planet with finite resources is and always has been a completely unsustainable Ponzi scheme and the house of cards is already collapsing. The equation is unimaginably non-linear. Buckle up. 
But the so-called science community continues to double down on deception. From theregister.com, this, scientists mull solar radiation management, a potential climate change stopgap. They then say, in-depth at the American Geophysical Union annual meeting in San Francisco, the 25,000-plus science individuals in attendance all agreed on the one unequivocal fact, the Earth is warming, and it's warming quickly. Discussions centered not on if, that's been settled, but on how to best measure that rise and how to best model it and what best to do about it. Intergeoengineering, the report says, and continues. Essentially, this catch-all set of techniques is about hacking Earth systems in such a way as to defeat, even if only temporarily, global warming and its evil twin climate change. They then say, a favorite among geoengineering techniques as a climate change mitigation is solar radiation management, acronym SRM, which suggests that if the sun is heating us up, why not just block its rays from beating down so furiously on our defenseless little planet? Question mark. Is this a joke? Is this a joke to these people? They then say, wouldn't, couldn't, and perhaps shouldn't a concerted effort be made to find a way to block the sun and buy some time while we kick our fossil fuel addiction, carbon fuel addiction. They then say an SAI influenced climate might not simply be cooler than a climate without SIA. It might also be different in terms of precipitation, droughts, wind, and whatever they say. End quote. Question, does the term whatever just mentioned by this report refer to the now decimated ozone layer, a direct result of climate intervention operations? No ozone layer, game over. And the climate would be, they say, quote, different. What a colossal understatement that is. The term unrecognizable would be much more appropriate, wouldn't it? I truly struggle to find the words for this level of moronic denial and insanity from the so-called experts. First, they're pretending that climate engineering operations aren't actually raging above our heads already. And next, their cavalier promotion of spraying our skies with tens of millions of tons of highly toxic elements in the most dangerous form, nanoparticles, as if that's an acceptable science approach to mitigating the already apocalyptic damage done to the planet by the human race. So how are things going after 75 years of hidden in plain sight, pun intended, climate engineering operations? Exactly how well is the toxic, ozone layer destroying, rain, air, and soil contaminating, geoengineering, solar radiation management, jet spraying working in regard to cooling things down? Not so much. New from USA Today, it's over. 2023 was Earth's hottest year, experts say. And that conclusion was in spite of the fact that so-called official high temperatures, which include nighttime low temperatures, are being radically underreported. Translation, it's much warmer than we're being officially told. Impact is coming at blinding speed, total collapse, ecological and societal. The USA Today report continues with this. What's especially concerning, experts say, is that the rate of warming over the past century has no precedent as far back as we're able to look. Not only hundreds or thousands, but many millions of years. End quote. They then say, consider that the final months of 2023, six of them, were each the warmest months ever recorded. Each 
successive month hotter than the last, each one breaking the former month's record. Here's a parallel headline from a different source, from toothdig.com. The two-degree future is now. In 2023, they say, a number of climate records fell across a planet careening towards social and ecological chaos. Where have I heard that before and for how many years and why has it taken them so long to catch up and tell the truth? But it's worse than that. Unfiltered frontline temperature data, again, also taking into account the data skewing from toxic temporary climate engineering cooldowns, aka engineered winter, indicates that we are past 3.5 degrees C of warming from the pre-industrial baseline. Translation, we are past the temperature threshold in which humans have previously existed on this planet a.k.a. completely uncharted territory. Now let's add this. Just published Jewel from the UK Guardian, and though I've made mention of this stupidity on a past broadcast, the pesky beavers are back. Here it is. Beaver ponds may exacerbate warming in the Arctic, scientists say. Rising temperatures have spurred an influx of beavers to Alaska and northern Canada. So there you have it. It's not the burning of 100 million barrels of hydrocarbon fuel a day or the incineration of 23 million tons of coal every single day. Not the megacities, not the cutting down of our forests, the burning of the rest, the poisoning of our seas, nor the relentless climate engineering insanity that's further destroying the atmosphere along with the rest of the planet's remaining life support systems. No, it isn't any of that. It's the pesky beavers that we need to worry about. Just another day in the planetary asylum. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 439, January 6th. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is currently being aired on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes and proves the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. Reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out. To all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstances, all of us matter. All of us are needed in this epic struggle for all that we hold dear. Next, more breaking reports on atmospheric anomalies from phys.org. Larger and more frequent solar storms will make for potential disruptions and spectacular auroras on Earth. Again, I ask, when we know with certainty that ionosphere heater installations like HARP in Alaska can 
and routinely do cause aurora scenarios from the dangerous atmospheric experimentation and manipulation that are core to climate engineering operations. How can we possibly know what is causing what at this point? What can be said with certainty is this. If every single aspect of the geoengineering insanity isn't halted in the very near term, we will soon have nothing left to salvage of the planet's remaining life support systems. Not opinion, not theory or conjecture, mathematical certainty. From Fox News, El Nino appears to be on verge of rapid collapse. Reports is the climate pattern known as El Nino, which quickly strengthened into a strong event, appears to be on the brink of a major decline. Well, that's an interesting development, isn't it? About the now scheduled collapse of the El Nino event, almost before it even got started, the weather makers are desperate to keep the heat bottled up in the oceans till the brutal bitter end. The climate engineers control upper level wind currents, thus to a large degree, they can and are manipulating ocean currents, which in turn can and is manipulating the Enzo currents, AKA El Nino and La Nina. Next from space.com. Sea of methane sealed beneath Arctic permafrost could trigger climate feedback loop if it escapes. No could, no may, no might, and certainly no if. It's already happening. The report says a sea of migrating methane discovered below the permafrost in Slavbard may eventually escape its icy prison. This is a follow-up article. There's new ones every week. This might sound familiar with previous articles, but they are new every week. They're at the point they can't hide this. If the permafrost continues to thaw due to climate change... They then say, should this permafrost seal disintegrate, it could set off a chain reaction in which the methane's strong warming effect would thaw more permafrost and release even more gas. This vicious feedback loop would further accelerate warming, melting, and methane emissions, the researchers warned in the study. This is still an understatement of how severe the situation is. And when you hear the climate science community describe the greenhouse gas forcing effect of methane in the atmosphere, they state commonly that it's 20 times more potent than CO2 as a greenhouse gas. That's not true. It's true over a 100-year timeline, but over a 10-year timeline, it's 120 times more potent. Over a one-year timeline, it's hundreds of times more effective at trapping greenhouse gas. If any significant amount of the stored methane hydrate and clathrate frozen deposits thaw and release and they're starting to already if any significant part of this occurs and it migrates into the atmosphere we're done and right now already there are some methane readings at altitude as high as 4,000 ppb that's about six times higher than it's been for several million years that is a dark and dangerous harbinger Let's continue. Let's add this from Bloomberg.com. U.S. joins the Arctic race to the bottom of the sea, the report says. They continue. America's unilateral grab for about 380,000 square miles of seabed is a troubling portent for the wider world. This is the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute until nothing is left. It's truly a freight train of insanity. From the Washington Post, let's add this, Siberia's ice is melting, revealing its past and endangering its future. Correction, endangering all of our futures. Please search Siberian methane craters. You will be shocked at the images. It's well worth the time to do that. Let's add this from phys.org. As the Arctic warms, its waters are emitting carbon. That's a new study. This is not the same 
as the methane scenario I just mentioned, this is yet one more layer on top of that. Scientists have thought that the southeastern Beaufort Sea was a weak to moderate CO2 sink, meaning it absorbs more of the greenhouse gas than it releases. Researchers from France, the U.S., and Canada have now found that the river discharge was triggering such intense outgassing at the southeastern Beaufort Sea that it tipped the carbon balance, leading to a CO2 net release. Same is happening with boreal and tropical forests. No longer carbon sinks, no longer absorbing carbon, they are now releasing it. These are feedback loops. There's about 50 of them already triggered, cascading collapse. And yet we see the circus of insanity on the televised matrix media every single day. Any intelligent life form watching the behavior of our species would know that we are not worth saving. That's how it stands right now. The vast majority, and I know there are exceptions, and I am so grateful for those exceptions. You know who you are, all of you. But for the vast majority, what the hell's wrong with everybody? We are careening toward near-term total extinction of the planet, and people are walking around behaving as if nothing is wrong. Let's cover a few more happy headlines. This is a follow-up report, also from phys.org. Permafrost, a ticking time bomb beneath our feet. The report says permafrost is now starting to thaw, went over that a moment ago, with potentially disastrous consequences for the climate. Not potentially disastrous. There's enough methane in the Arctic alone to turn this planet into a true sister to Venus. They then say, is it true that permafrost is thawing faster than expected? Question mark. Yes, early climate models predicted that we wouldn't reach the current stage of permafrost melt until 2090, exclamation point. And they finish with this, we don't yet fully understand the dynamics at play. They don't understand. The whole of the so-called climate science community doesn't understand. They're just now admitting that. And this warning comes 15 years after I began to sound the alarm on this exact issue at geoengineeringwatch.org. How is it even possible that the whole of the so-called climate science community didn't know? Only two possibilities. They are either criminally ignorant of the very field of study in which we are told they are experts, or they are lying. Take your pick. There's more fun facts from the alaskabeacon.com. Avian influenza death of Alaska polar bears is a global first and a sign of the virus's persistence. I went over the mass death occurring in Antarctica, and recent broadcasts, penguins, seals, and everything else, now we have polar bears. They say the highly pathogenic influenza that has already killed vast numbers of birds and numerous mammals continues to circulate in the world's wild populations. Where did this come from? And why would we not consider that the 400 plus level four biolabs all over the globe, what do we think they're doing? And when whatever new pandemic comes along, it will of course be blamed on nature again. From alaskajournal.com, thinning ice and shrinking caribou hurt not only safety and food security, but also mental health. Declining salmon, the report says, and thinning ice affect not only food security and physical safety, but also the mental health of the Arctic residents, a new report finds. Of course, you're bound to be a bit stressed when you have nothing to eat and nothing for the better coming on the horizon. From KTOO.org, U.S. preparing to claim new ocean territory off Arctic, Alaska, and Central Bering Sea. This is a parallel headline to one I covered a moment ago. United States ocean territory could expand by an area more than twice the size of California, with most of that 
in ocean areas off Alaska under a claim being prepared by the federal government. But for the U.S., there's a catch. The U.S. Senate has not ratified the 1982 United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, the treaty under which such claims are adjudicated. Because they were fighting other nations making the claim, but now that they want to make the claim, they're willing to recognize the treaty. Hypocrisy. Unimaginable hypocrisy at every level. Claiming to be the beacon of freedom of democracy while we have... Centers like Guantanamo and all the other secret prisons all over the globe, invading countries all over the globe for their resources, about a hundred in as many years, and yet countries like Iran are demonized every single day on the U.S. matrix media when Iran hasn't invaded anybody for about 240 years. And am I condoning Iran or their customs or their government? No, I'm not. I'm stating a fact. And people should start to care about facts if they want to have any chance of averting near-term self-extermination. From the digitaljournal.com, ozone hole over Antarctica just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yet more confirmation of the lie that the ozone layer is recovering. It isn't. It's getting way worse at blinding speed, just as I have covered in previous broadcasts. No ozone layer, no terrestrial life. Simple. From VaticanNews.va, we have no time to contrast biodiversity loss. As a part of a study on the impact of climate change and the loss of biodiversity, researchers from University College London have found that organisms' populations decline abruptly rather than gradually, leaving us with very little time to respond. That's called abrupt collapse, abrupt climate collapse. Been over that many times. That's what's happening. It's not just global warming and the cascading collapse of the entire web of life is already very advanced. From msn.com, a fifth of freshwater fish are in big trouble. Not true either. All fish are in trouble, fresh and saltwater. From vox.com, welcome to the extinction capital of the world. They're talking about Hawaii. How many would think that? So what's the rest of the world look like if it's that bad there? Only 20 years ago, the wilderness around my off-grid home was teeming with life, no more. With some exceptions, it is now deafeningly silent. Now when I walk through the forest, my heart bleeds with each dying tree that I pass by. My silent companions over so many years, now slipping away with each passing day. Given the mathematical fact that we are now neck deep in the sixth mass extinction event, likely the final chapter, Looking back over the last few weeks of societal, seasonal behavior, not to mention the controller-created conflict zones, how profoundly insane it all is. With that in mind, from transformative.com, a quick rewind recap of the holidays. Unwrapping the dark side of Christmas. Excess debt and a culture feasting on the environment. Tis the season of giving, tis the season to be jolly, tis the season of goodwill. Tis when families come together around a warm, cozy fire to feast and be merry. Tis to hear the happy cries of children as they unwrap presents from the ultimate altruist, Santa Claus. These images of the quintessential Christmas are seared in our minds, but like so many elements of modern society, when you strip away the wrapping, it reveals a dark side that is anything but jolly. Christmas is a religious festival celebrating the birth of Jesus, though you'd be hard-pressed to make that connection any longer because in secular society it has become a celebration of consumption, a fitting ode to the fact 
that consuming is the religion of modern society and how we spend big when it comes to the gifts. In America, spending on gifts hit $963 billion in 2022. That works out to just under $1,000 per person. To put that into perspective, in the UK, spending on gifts is expected to hit an all-time high of $34 billion US dollars this year, which works out to about $534 per person. Here we get to the first layer of the dark side of Christmas. That quintessential image creates strong social expectations to keep up with the pack, and it encourages nay even celebrates irresponsible spending to do so. The problem is that most people are broke in America. 40% of respondents to a Gallup poll said that they're either running into debt or barely making ends meet. An estimated 12 million Americans use high interest payday loans. 70% of people who get these loans use them to pay basic expenses like rent and utilities. If people can't afford to pay for bills, how are they paying for Christmas? Using credit cards? Of course. The ultimate cheat code for keeping up with appearances. Credit cards feed into the concept of living your best life. It's all about buying now and worrying about the consequences later. And Christmas doesn't compare when it comes to worry about the consequences later. What this all leads to is a culture where it's perfectly normal to spend and live far beyond your means. That explains why, according to the Federal Reserve, credit card debt exceeded $1 trillion in 2023. Christmas spending quite literally depends on debt. WalletHub's November holiday shopping survey shows 25% of Americans still have holiday debts from last year. Far too many are fighting just to keep their heads above the waterline. Though at Christmas, that all seems to be forgotten. It's the season of excess, of unadulterated decadence, of pushing it to the limits. Better to spend now, again, and worry about the consequences later. The need to live up to expectations, to have a bundle of gifts, to present a feast of wonders at the table, isn't just expensive. There is, in fact, much more. When we unlock the next layer of the dark side, we see stress, anxiety, and arguments. It's a time when weaknesses in a relationship create bulging sores that hit the bursting point. It brings couples to the brink and many don't last, which explains why divorce rates go up in January. So Christmas is financed through debt and often leaves couples on the brink of divorce. Socially, then, it's not so merry. And that's before we get to our next layer, the environmental impacts of all those gifts. During the holiday period, Americans produce 25% more waste, which amounts to over 1 million tons of the stuff. That waste contributes to higher emissions and is generally indicative of a culture that exists way beyond its means. But that's really what Christmas has become, hasn't it? A celebration of culture that worships extremes where decadence and excess are encouraged, where the spending frenzy continues unabated through a celebration of debt. Christmas, like nothing else, shows how detached we are from the consequences of our actions, where common sense goes out the window, all to live up to social expectations that make us behave without logic. And as soon as it ends, it begins again. Many families will begin saving to afford the next Christmas in January after this one. As a society, we continue to spiral out of control, consumed by a frenzied celebration of consumption that compels society to eat itself alive. And above it all, the climate engineering insanity rages on. The horizon is dark indeed. I can't deny that. I won't deny that. It's exactly that kind of denial that has led us over the edge of the abyss, and we're now in freefall to the bottom. 
Does this mean we lay down and do nothing? Absolutely not. If we have any love for anything, our posterity, the web of life, everything that matters, it is our obligation to rise to the occasion, to summon the courage, our strength, our determination, to struggle against the fading of the light. We are all necessary and needed in this battle. None are expendable. Every day counts. Never forget that. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard. Never yield to the gathering darkness, ever. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.